Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. The way you approach God in worship, in giving, in whatever, whatever state that you find, is you're telling God what you really believe about Him and about yourself at the same time. You can never approach God without having two declarations. Number one is the declaration of this is who I am and the declaration in who you are. See, so religion has taught us that we can separate ourselves from God. That, well, that's what God says, that's what I say. But in reality, your approach tells God what you believe about him and about yourself. But not only that, we need to understand this. As a church, we are teaching the world about God, whether we know it or not. Okay, you're allowed to get excited. So what we want to do today is I want to prepare you for 2022. You know, I, mean, I remember listening to uh, the message we had yesterday, sorry, last week uh, with Pastor Daniel was being, you know, a revival ready. I want to just ask you a question. Are you 2022 ready? See, one of the things we need to understand, you can write this down, maturity doesn't come by study. Maturity comes by acceptance. You never get mature by having information. You have maturity that comes by transformation. And the transformation can only occur by what you decide to accept. See, I have met 90-year-old Christians that are nowhere near a teenager that's been born again and understands God. You put them in the same room, same maturity level. Different age level, different maturity level. So today, is I want to get you to get yourself ready for God to manifest himself through you. One of the, one of the big things that I've Okay, I've been, I was been born again since 1971, so I've been down the track. How many, of you, how many of you here, when you say 71, you can't even calculate it? See, one of, the, one of the things that I was introduced to, to the level of the maturity of the church that I was born again in, was this, is that you always approach God as empty, waiting to be filled. So we would approach communion as we're going to have is I have faults and I need to get rid of my faults before I can take communion. So one of the concepts that I've had to work through is this, is that I'm always approaching God empty. God, fill me. I mean, we, got, we had some great songs like fill me with fresh oil. Lovely song, but what we're saying to God, God, the oil I've got in me is not fresh anymore. Write this down in your heart. The word of God that places, that is placed within you doesn't age, 
cannot be contaminated, but it can be limited. So what God puts inside of you is always alive. Now watch this. If we think that we are empty, then we go to God. God, please fill me. God, please give me the promises. God, please do this. We're starting all over again. I just want to put this into you and those watching is that the, the reason we haven't matured in so many ways is because we keep thinking that what God has put inside of us somehow decreases and we've got to go to church next week to get ourselves refilled. Here's the problem with that scenario. That if you believe that you're going to walk out of here Sunday morning and by next Sunday that you're going to be empty, so you're coming to church to be filled instead of coming to church to be built. Say something. See, there's a huge difference where if I'm starting all over again. In 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30, there's an amazing story that I, I never realized. I got this kind of while studying one morning. was this. David... I mean, he, he's known as a, a, a man after God's own heart. He restores the temple. He, I mean, he, the guy's absolutely amazing. You've got this instant where he's in his daily routine of doing God's work. He loses his material goods. He loses his wife. He loses his children. Not only that, everybody that follow, uh, followed him suffered the same loss. So he's David, if you can picture this. He's just lost everything. He's come from the battle, doing God's work, doing it all, and he comes back home. The wife is gone. The kids are gone. The furniture is gone. The goods are gone. The credit cards, everything is gone. And everybody now comes around David and says, Hey, Dave, we've got to blame someone and we're going to blame you. So he's David, loses everything, loses the trust of his men, and he goes out with God. And in verse 6, it says something amazing. It says, and David encouraged himself in God. Question, how can, you, how can you drink from an empty bottle? How can you encourage yourself if you're empty? How, how did David, see, I want you to know, when you read this, have a look at it in your own time. An angel didn't appear before him. A prophet didn't come to encourage him. No one came to encourage him. He was himself discouraged. And the Bible says he looked within. How can, you can't encourage yourself if you're empty. So here's the key here. Is whatever you need for your encouragement is already in you. You know what? See, maturity is understanding what I have in me and then manifesting what I have in me. So you've got David, and I, I love, come on, how many of you love being encouraged? How, how many don't like being encouraged? You just, go, you just like being low. We all love encouragement, we, divine encouragement. But there is, a, there is an encouragement that is greater than that comes from the outward, but it comes from within. So David has a breakthrough with what he already had. He didn't need anything added to it. See, maturity 
says, I have something and I'm going to put weight on it, instead of saying, I'm waiting for someone. See, maturity, when you're a young Christian, you, you need prayer for everything from somebody else, right? You get saved. Uh, oh, look, uh, I've got an ingrown toenail. Somebody pray for me. Oh, man, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's Christmas time. We're going shopping. Somebody pray for a car park for me. You know, immature Christians, everything they need, they need somebody else to pray for them. That is good. You start there. But maturity comes when all of a sudden I needed all these people praying for me that I start praying for myself. See, God expects us maturity. I love kids. But there's something wrong with kids when they have an adult body and a child's mentality. You know, when an adult sits down and says, feed me, and the fridge is right there. You know, when an adult sits down and the remote control is on another seat, somebody please give me the remote control. There's something wrong with that. Well, it's going to get better, trust me. See, to be prepared for 2022, we're going to take some mature steps. So David teaches us this is that what he faced outside, the answer was inside. And what he did, he acknowledged what was on the inside and he defeated the outside. So you would be amazed at what's inside of you. You would be flabbergasted if you just got a glimpse. A lot of people say, if I just had a glimpse of Jesus, I've got something else. You need a glimpse of Jesus and you need a glimpse of you. Because if you get a glimpse of Jesus, then you will get a glimpse of what's inside of you. So David says this, is that do not think that you are empty. You start off empty, but you come to Jesus. And when you come to Jesus, there is a supernatural infilling that comes within to live inside of you that doesn't decrease. It is eternal. See, you can limit what's inside of you, but you can't remove what's inside of you. Have a look at this, right? I love Peter. Now, I want you to understand something about Peter, Paul, John, Matthew. When they started writing to the church, they had a predetermined disposition. And the predetermined disposition was this. Number one, what I am going to share with you you are capable of understanding it and manifesting it. Put, you need to put these two words together. Learning and manifestation. The way you know that you have learned something is that you are manifesting it. School says this. Can you repeat it? Memorization. See, memorization doesn't do it. If Sylvie has a need... And I tell her, honey, I know, I'm really good at that. I'm really good at doing all of this. But I don't manifest it. I'm just telling you, I am just quoting. You've got to get out of the school mentality to the manifesting mentality. So when the scripture was written, it was always written in the point of view that you have something. So you get Peter, and he's writing to the church. 
And he says this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, says this. This is a letter from Simon Peter, a loving servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to those who have been given a faith equally precious as ours through the righteousness of God and Jesus Christ our Savior. He says, to those that have received and possess God's will, a precious faith, the same kind of ours. I want you to get, you've got to get this mentality because what we've done in Christian circles is we've elevated the saints. We go, wow, Peter's a giant. Johnny's a giant. But here's Peter saying this. Why don't you learn this? He says, I'm talking to you as a church on the same level that I am on. Now, for those of you who just want to go a little bit deeper, watch this. Jesus goes up and he tells his disciples before he, he goes up into heaven. I says, I want you to go into all the world to make disciples. And then he says this. He says something powerful that still rattles my bones. Is this. Teach them everything that I've taught you. I used to just quickly go over there, but I just realized something. Is this. God says, for you to be a disciple, you have to be taught like an apostle. Think about this. We call the 12 disciples apostles, correct? And you know what, you know what he says? He goes to them, you've got to treat them like mature apostles for them to do the work of the ministry. You cannot teach them and treat them like babes. Do you realize that God, well, you, I don't know if you get this, right? I hope you get this, and I know you will get this, right? Is that he's, Jesus is saying, I want you to teach everybody with the capability of being an apostle. He says, teaching them everything that I have taught you. So here's Peter. He's writing to the church, and he goes, listen to me very carefully now. You have received a faith, the same quantity, quality, manifestation as me. Do you realize that there are no superior Christians? There are only mature Christians. So Peter is doing this. He's going, I'm going to talk to you like a mature disciple of God. I'm going to talk to you because I know what's inside of you. See, let's read this again, right? This is a letter from Simon Peter, a loving servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to those who have been given a faith. Isn't it amazing, this, the, the, the whole this word kind of faith? We've got so much teaching on how to get faith. You know, 10 easy ways to get faith. Let me just show you something. Faith doesn't come by memorization. Faith doesn't come by study. Faith doesn't come by worship. Faith doesn't come by church attendance. Faith doesn't come by good attendance. It says this. God says this to them. He says, I have put faith inside of you. 
So therefore, when I speak to you, I know that you can manifest with what you're hearing. So Peter is not trying to get them excited about God. God's not, he's not trying to go, come on, come on, I want to put faith in you. I want to put faith in you. I remember, I mean, you're smarter than I was back then. When I was a Christian, I wanted everybody to pray for me, increase my faith. Isn't it amazing that Jesus never prayed for anybody to increase their faith? How can you increase when God's given you the full amount? Think about it. You, need, you try this, right? After you leave today, doesn't matter what kind of fuel that you're using, go to the servo, put the nozzle in and click it. What happens after a while? Okay, how many of you don't have cars? Okay, you know when you, when you bring your horse to the trough? See, what happens is this, is my car, I don't have to worry if it's empty or not. I come in, I click it. And then when it is full, it doesn't let me fill it up anymore. But here's the problem. God's filled it up, but I have a gauge inside my car that's faulty and it's always showing empty. So my frustration is, how come I keep getting filled but I'm still empty? See, your fuel gauge is your self-belief system about what God's done inside of you. Um, can I express my humanity here for a while? Is, is that okay? See, um, I have rehearsed a speech that I was going to give to Jesus when I stand before him. I, I, none of you have done that, but okay, I have, right? So I've rehearsed why I haven't been successful in this area, in this area, in this area. Why I struggled in this area, in this area. Right? I was going to tell God, God, how did you expect me to be successful in that when I'm empty. Well, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. You didn't do it. Then, I got a, then I'm sharing to you what I've got here. And then I realize I'm going to stand before God without an excuse. The biggest mature step that you can take today is to come into agreement with God and go, I am full of faith. I have the faith of Christ living inside of me, so therefore I can receive everything. Look, start to listen to Paul now. He comes up in Corinthians, um, I think it's 2 Corinthians 1.22, he says, all the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. Now, why would he be saying all the promises are good in, all the promises are all yours and that yes and amen if you haven't got the capability of receiving him. Let me show you how the best way to frustrate people. Everybody know, how, I'm, Ted's going to teach me how to frustrate. Not that you don't know. See, the best way I can frustrate you is to give you a promise that you're not capable of obtaining. Uh, God has taught us that we are not to exacerbate our children. We are not... We, we, and I'm thinking, well, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you frustrate a child? The best way to frustrate a child, tell him to do something he's not capable of. So when God, through his word, 
shows you the power and the word of God, he's actually telling you what your faith is capable of doing. See, every promise is an indicator that you have something on the inside of you. Let me prove that to you. What's, the, what's one of the most recognized chapters in the Bible? John chapter 3. The most amazing, the scripture that is known worldwide is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Correct? Now watch this. If God died for every single person, doesn't that also then equate that every person has the faith to accept what he's done? So if, if uh, how many of you like really spicy food here? Okay. Uh, but sometimes food's really good when it smacks you a couple of hours later. But you, know, you, know, you know when you take a bite, right, and you finish chewing, but it's still happening? Following morning, it's still happening? Now, watch this. If I invite you for lunch and you tell me, Ted, I don't like spicy food. I don't like salt. I don't like pepper. I just like it plain. Actually, just give me a cup of hot, hot water. Right? Then if I cook a meal, then I waste it. Let me just ask you, do you think that God's punishment on Jesus was wasted? So one, of, one of the things that maturity does is we sometimes go, oh, that's not for everybody. But when we say that's not for everybody, we take a big picture of what's happening here. What's happening here is this. Is when Jesus died on the cross, you know what he was saying to everybody? Every single person that hears this, his faith is awakened and he has a choice. So if you're watching me today, you're watching this, every time you speak a word to somebody that's not saved, do you realize right then and there, they have the ability to receive it or reject it? But what's happened within us is that we've gone through a system of teaching We've gone through all of this thinking I'm always coming to God empty. T to me, the most frustrating thing every week as a child was having communion. Because communion reminded me of how bad I was. It's, the, you know, you, you would go, if you take it unworthily, you'll die. I'm not dumb. Communion is coming. I don't feel really good about myself. Pass it by. See, communion reminded me that there was still something wrong with me. Until I realized that communion reminds me what Jesus Christ has done for me. See, when, I, when you see communion, it's telling you that your sin has been done away with permanently. It tells you by his stripes you are healed. It tells you that the curse over your life, over your children's life, is broken. It tells you that you are absolutely, completely made complete and fully accepted by Christ.
So all of a sudden, if I'm coming to the communion as a sinner, now watch carefully here. When, use the analogy that I use quite often, that this is the cross of Jesus. This is before salvation, cross, after salvation. With me? What's this? Come on, shout it out. Before salvation, what's this? What's this? Now watch this. <laughs> I should call this watch this. Before Christ, what, what kind of a Jesus do I see? Before Christ, I accept him. What am I taught? I, we teach salvation that Jesus became your sin. He became your curse. He became your lack. He became your rejection. Can, can we take this up another level here? Jesus just didn't take your sin. He became your sin. Sin isn't like a hanky that you take from somebody and put it in your pocket. Sin isn't just saying, oh, look, you've got all these accusations. I'll take the accusations from you. The Bible actually says, if you look at it this way, that he became your sin. He became your sickness. He became your curse. He became your lack. He became your rejection. He became everything you are. So before the cross, what I'm seeing is Jesus becoming what I am. Good? You need to agree with me before we can go. So before the cross is that Jesus identifies and becomes exactly like you. Stop right here. So how you think you're a failure, Jesus became that. How you think you're unworthy, Jesus became that. So what you have is now over here, I see Jesus becoming who I am, taking the full punishment of who I am. Jesus just didn't acknowledge, oh, you're a sinner, I'll take your sin. He actually became it. See, if you don't understand this, you get this wording. Uh, I still feel unworthy. I, 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 I. You, when you get saved, you lose the privilege of calling yourself unworthy. Hello? Because it, I want you to watch this. Come on, because I really feel we need to start talking mature language. The mature language is this. If I feel unworthy after I'm born again, I'm actually looking at Jesus and saying, you didn't do a good job. Jesus, would you mind coming back and do it all over again? Because I think you missed a few bits. You're very quiet. See, how can you ever mature in God if this become, doesn't become the cornerstone of what you build on? The reason, the reason we don't get maturity in the church worldwide is because we're still struggling with the cross. 
We're still struggling. Am I or am I not worthy? Have I or have I not got faith? Am I or am I not accepted? So what happens is this, is before the cross, I see Jesus becoming who I am. Now watch something very carefully. This will change the way we look at Easter or the resurrection. The resurrection is an indicator that Jesus became what you were, paid the penalty, so now you can become who he is. Um, I want to put out a challenge. I'll give $100 to anybody that can open up the Bible and see where Jesus is going, I'm not worthy I'm not really accepted. I, 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 Dad, I'm really, really sorry. I didn't do a good job today. doesn't exist. So watch this. I come to the cross, and I see Jesus suffering. I know that he's resurrected, and that is my indicator. What he became is now paid for. So there is this transition now happening where God says, now when you go after the cross, before the cross, I became who you were. After the cross, you become who I am. Just take, stop. We need to stop being um, religiously theological. See, religiously theological, yeah, I know that. I, I can quote it. The problem is this, is how do I live it? See, Paul and Peter all of them were just saying, you have received exactly what I have received. The only difference with us is that I, Peter, have received that I have the faith of Christ. I accept that he became what I was and I accept that I am now who he is. Ask yourself a question. Would the Father ever punish Jesus again? Excuse me? then he can't punish you because you are like Jesus. Religion teaches us more about this side than this side. Over here, I am sin conscious. Over here, I am redemption conscious. Over here, I am conscious that there's a curse in my life, in my family. Over here, I'm conscious that my grandfather had that. His grandfather had it. My family, bang, bang, all of this is here. I am conscious of that. But when I go through here, I've got the resurrection life. I am now conscious that I am in a new lineage of Abraham, of Jesus, and there's something new about me. It is gone. Let me just show you that it is impossible <laughs> Do you realize, um, have you been to any of those doors It's a one-way door that you can walk in but you can't walk back out? It's like a jail cell. <laughs> Opens one way. Now watch this. Jesus never said this. He says, I am the door to the Father. And he gives it in. Do you realize this says? But I'm, I haven't shown you a door so you can get out and go back to be like thing. We had a we had a what's his name a water baptism on the week on the week at our house, and, and and the whole thing dawned on me again that when the Egyptians were following the Israelites, the Israelites took a step of faith, 
and went through the Red Sea. The enemy that was chasing him were not of faith. They tried to go through and they got destroyed. Do you realize all of your curses, all of your mistakes, all of your sicknesses got drowned? See, maturity comes when you start accepting it. See, Peter is talking to the church and he goes, you've received the exact faith that we have received. It puts you in the same position that it has put us. So what Peter is saying is I have a different role from you but I have the same position as you. I have a different role from you. You have a different role from me, but we have the same position. So God says, Ted, this is your assignment in life. You need to fulfill it. That's got nothing to do with your position. And what we have done, religion has said this, wow, Peter, wow, you know, how good is he? Look at Paul, look at Timothy, look at Jude, look at Bartholomew. We look at all of them, and they're saying, don't just focus on my assignment, focus on who I am and my standing. And God, through Peter, is saying here, you have received, done deal. See, right now, when you listen to me on air, you'll listen to me here right now, you have received a complete faith. You have received a complete standing. You have received a complete righteousness. Right now, you are righteous. Oh, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't feel well. Oh, you know, the COVID here, COVID there, COVID everywhere. See, the only difference is maturity acts on it. Immaturity rejoices because it has information. Come on. What, what do kids do? I know something you don't know. I'm smarter than you. You know what some of the kids used to do when we were at school? This is when you used to still mark papers. You know, they would get the exam paper, and if they got an A, they used to walk up to the teacher, and the teacher would go, John Smith, come forward. Well done, John. I give you an A. Guess what John would do? He'd turn it this way and go, I've got an A, you've got a D. I'm going up, you're going down. I will start a business, you will work for me. I'll make money on you and I'll take it from you. <laughs> See, you, know what, you know one of the things we do? Can I just say this? You your, you, this morning, you expressed your worship on what you believe, not how tired you are. Smile at me. Come on, come on, smile. Because we've learned how to hide. Am I, is this too deep for Sunday morning? See, the way I worship is because, it's not the way that I feel. I can worship without having an espresso. Seriously, I, can, I sometimes get up and I have a time of worship before I go to my sacred machine. And my sacred machine, and it's really good, you can hear it, it wakes Sully up because it's grinding the beans and all that, right? But you see what happens is Peter is saying this, 
is once you understand you have faith, you are no longer doing things on how you feel or in your circumstances. You are doing it out of who you are. So when pain hits your body, guess what you do? You just thank God that by his stripes you were healed. You just thank God for it. In 2022, we're going to do something there. What you don't have to pray for and what you do have to pray for. Do you realize in Scripture, because of this verse, there are things you don't have to ask for? See, so many, I've heard Christians go, oh, God, do you really want to heal me? Duh. God, do you want to prosper me? Duh. Oh, God, I've got this. God says, listen, you have received the faith. You don't need faith for what you have received. If I give you a brand new car, give you the keys, give you the certificate pieces of paper with your name on it, pay the insurance, fill it up, and I go, it's in your name. And you go, yeah, it's mine. Wow, thank you, Jesus. I have a new car in the carport. Yay! And then you ring me up and he goes, oh, Pastor Ted, can I, can I take you for a drive? Is it, is, it, is it God's will for me to have that? Hello. See, as Christians, we don't believe that. We're asking God for what's already ours. So what you do, and I'll just give you a download of what we're going to be doing next year is this, is you get to the point of this. You thank God to, have, to manifest what you have been given, and you pray for things that you haven't. So in other words, I'm praying for my neighbors. I, I see somebody, God says, Ted, believe for that, believe for that. See, I only need faith for what is not already mine, but what is already mine, I act on it. So what we do from now on to prepare ourselves for 2022 ready is we are going to take some steps on what we are and what we believe. For us to mature, we've got to graduate from I've here, I've gone through the cross, I've accepted the resurrection, now I am acting out on what has happened. So now I no longer see myself as unworthy, unregenerate, unrighteous. I now act because of this. See, you already are what you're dreaming to be. So oh, oh, I'm, just, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to go to heaven. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to be clean. I'm going to be acceptable to Jesus. I'm going to have worship that's powerful. When I get to heaven, listen to me. God doesn't need heaven to make you good. Jesus made you good. God didn't say you need to die so you can be perfected. He says, I died so you can be perfected. For so long, we have majored on trying to become what we are instead of manifesting what we are. And Peter says this, I'm speaking to you because I know you got faith. Listen to me then carefully. Can, can you just, for a little while. If Peter 
by the action of the Holy Spirit, is talking to you as if you got faith. What do you think when Jesus is talking to you? He's talking to you in the same manner. What Peter was doing, he was manifesting what Jesus manifested to them. So when Peter is instructing the church, he's going, what happened to me? That Jesus manifested that, that I have faith. He said, Peter, I'm talking to you because you have faith. Peter, you're going to do this because you, I've put something inside of you. Peter, Peter, Peter. So he talked to Peter as a done deal. So what does Peter do? He imitates Jesus. And the, how does he into, imitate Jesus? He talks to the church like Jesus talked to him. And you know what I love about Peter here? He goes, I am identifying with you. I'm not better than you. I haven't got a higher class than you. I am not more religious than you. I am not more spiritual than you. I, am, I have been given what you have been given. I, the reason he can talk to you, because I can talk to you like this, because I know what I've been given. And because I know what I've been given, I, I, I can speak to you. And I can, with the fullness and the surety of faith, I can say, it's in you, Matt. It's in you, Peter. See, when you realize what you have in you, you will speak to others in the same manner. See, maturity level is this, is if you do not feel worthy, guess what? Your communication to others is going to be on that level, so you're not, un so you're not worthy either. So we get, we get conferences, it's okay not to be okay. Oh, I don't want to be not okay. I don't need a conference to tell me it's okay not to be good. I can do that in my own living room all by myself. See, when Jesus talks to you, he doesn't go, hey, hey, Fabianic, you, you dirty little thing, you. I, I don't know why I had you. You don't try hard enough. You know what? Jesus looks at Ted and he goes, hey, hey, my son, how you doing? When I look at you, I see the reflection of myself. Wow, hey, hey, you look just like me. Oh, come on, hey, why, why don't you and I have a decent conversation? And then my dad picks me up and we have a mature conversation. And he talks to me like a man, not a little boy. He starts talking about creating. He starts talking about building the kingdom. He goes, hey, you know what? Isn't it amazing? Yeah, what's amazing? Ted, you have the same righteousness as my firstborn. Who's your firstborn? Jesus. Oh, yeah. You know, you know I, I look at you and I go, I had twins. I had Jesus and I had Ted. Wow. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then, he go, then he goes further and he goes, now, li listen, um, in, uh, I just have a few, I have a little thing with you. And I go, what, what, what is it? What's the little thing? Is He goes, I need you to talk to me like a father, not somebody that's trying to be acceptable to the father. And then he says this, I want you to do something. I want you to learn the language of the kingdom. And he gives me the word. And he says, from now on, this becomes your dictionary to speak to me and to speak to people. You know what you, what you can do today? And I'm going to pray for you in a moment. Is accept that you have faith. 
And by accepting that you have faith, you can manifest everything that the Bible says you can manifest. Let me show you how how powerful that is. When Jesus was on the cross, there was a thief on his left and, and, and he goes, Jesus, remember me. Jesus automatically forgave him. Do you realize when you enter a level of faith, it becomes easy to forgive? You okay? If people are struggling with forgiveness, I, do, I, I no longer talk to them about educating them. And I go, hey, you know what? You want to learn about forgiveness? Let, let me take you back to how it started, the cross. And if you can accept the cross and then accept that's what the cross has done in you, you can do it to others. You know, church, I believe that we as a church, I believe this is the last days. I I believe that all of this is not just happening. I believe that the bride is getting herself ready. I believe that the church is ready to fully manifest the fullness of God. I believe that it's time that we no longer tell people what we've memorized, but we show them by our lives what we have. I believe that it's time that we start to treat each other with such integrity, with such love. I, I believe that when people get into our presence, that all of their arguments will form. I believe that people get into our into our presence. They go, I can feel the presence of God. I believe when people come into our presence, sickness is for. I believe that there's no demon can stand in the presence of a righteous son and a daughter of God. See, I, I believe in this. This is no longer a doctrine that I preach, but it's a life that I manifest. Jesus said, be the light of the world. How do you be the light? You've got to shine, not tell people that you've got light. The Bible says, if you're a torch, shine. If you're a flame, burn. If you're prophetic, prophesy. Come on. We've got to mature. 2022 is not going to be the same. People have said to me, I know I'm going on further, but I know this is the Holy Ghost. People say, oh, what about COVID? You know what COVID's done? It's shaken us up. And the thing, all the stuff that has fallen is all the stuff that we've memorized and not manifested. I'm calling Faith Life Church. I'm calling all those that are part of our church that can't be in Melbourne or interstate. Time to mature. It is time we took your place as a wife, as a husband, as a church. And I go, God, I am no longer quoting, I am the light. Isn't that amazing? If you're really good at something, you don't have to brag about it. You find all people that brag are the ones that go, I have to tell somebody because you won't notice it. <laughs> Come on. Hi, my name's Ted. I graduated from Harvard with honors, and I was only nine. At 12, I finished my master's. At 13, I went into medical college. At 14, I did my first brain surgery. At 15, I created a human being. At 16, I created the universe. At 17, I rested because it was so much. And then I realized I had no competition at all. Oh. You, know, you know what did Jesus do? He just shined. 
He just says, I know I'm the son of God. I know that I'm complete. Can I just say this to you? Are we good here? When you act like a child of God and you come into a situation of fear, everybody knows it, that you've got something that they haven't got. Have you ever known? I know I'm going on, but we need, we need this. Have you ever been that you're in a hurry, at, you're at calls at a checkout? And, and, and then she asks you, or he asks you, how was your day? Oh, man, and that was great. So what did you do today? Oh, I just had church. <gasps> really? And you know what? I got this problem. Uh, I just had this fight with my mum, and uh, she's fan, and, uh, 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 she, uh, and and you know what? It's amazing. And all the other people, <laughs> what's happening? Uh, 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 I didn't come with my. Hi, my name's Ted. I'm a pastor of a church. She went into the presence that was in me, and she says it is safe. And so I get to minister people at checkouts. I don't get discounts, but I. <laughs> come on, how many of you? Are... Come on, let's be really honest here. You know when you're at work that a lot of people dump on you all their problems. Have you had that? The reason they do that is because that's what people do to Jesus. The reason people come and tell you their problems is not so that you can have sympathy on them. Can you help me? That's why when I'm on a plane, if I'm really tired, I go, oh, Jesus, don't have anybody sit next to me. It's going to be a long... You'd be surprised what people tell you on planes. <laughs> but see, what it is, I never realized that. I didn't have to advertise that. I just believed that I am the Son of God. I don't have just a direct link with God. I am with God 24-7. And then when, I, when people realize that God is with you to touch them, they're not, people are not stupid. That is why the Bible says, be the light of the world. Why? Because everybody's showing their, dark, their problems to darkness, and darkness can't help them. All darkness can do is make them feel worse. Okay, we got, I've got to cut that off. I've just been preaching for two and a half hours. But see, in 2022, let me prophesy that God's power is going to be manifested through you. In the next two messages before 2022 at Christmas time, we're going to have a, a message at Christmas that you haven't heard before. It's, it's going to be the best Christmas message you'll ever hear. You're going to hear the best worship you've ever heard. But because of this, is that the Bible says this, that the world has been waiting for the sons of God to manifest. And I believe that the fulfillment of that scripture is today. And I believe that you are a part of it. I believe that God brought you here and we're going to do something that we've never done before. We're not going to be a church that is known by what we know, but we're going to be a church that we're known by what we manifest. Your family is going to be known by what we manifest. It is time that we become who we are. And all of that is, is like Peter said, Father, I accept that I am full of faith I accept that I am full of the righteousness of Christ. I am no longer coming empty. I am coming full. I want you to build upon me, not rebuild me.